0: Hello and welcome back to Encounters with God, stories from the Old Testament and uh, I'm your host again, I'm Dan Green and in the guest chair it's Bern Leckie again, our usual host Uh, but I wanted to have another conversation with Bern to hear how he's getting on with the idea of box set binging the Bible which we talked about in the last episode. Bern shared his passion for why listening to the Bible at pace can really have an impact. And I wanted to know how he's getting on with that. So, Byrne, tell us uh, how it's been going and what you've been
1: listening to. I have been enjoying a really brisk listen through the book of Genesis, um, which is like kind of origin stories, I think, for everything. Um, I, I, I th- I've started thinking about it. Like, like it was the original Marvel Cinematic Universe <laughs>
0: episode, <Right.
1: laughs> when they introduce every you know in the Marvel films, which are brilliant and easy to to box set binge through. Uh, you get introduced to not only to the characters but to these big ideas, the big things that the characters are facing that are kind of recognisable. You know, the struggle between good and evil. The you get introduced to how they're dealing with power and how it's how it's used and how to control it and how to get over your own issues with it and things like that so, so those are great origin stories um, well Genesis is, a, is an amazing collection of origin stories about humanity about emotions about um, how we separate right and wrong how we deal with the, the people kind of but whose interests just kind of bang against each other and we can't work out, like, how to settle differences. Um, you know, all of that massive stuff that's very, very relatable today, there's a story for just about all of it uh, in Genesis.
0: Okay. So you decided to start at the beginning, which I guess makes sense. And you are listening at pace rather than kind of studying in depth we talked about that approach a bit last week so how long has it taken you and what's this actually what does it actually
1: look like in terms of when you've uh when you've been doing this oh good question so so i planned on it taking about a week i think if you if it takes you a week to get through genesis you'll probably get through the whole old testament in about three, three, three and a half months i actually did it in about four days um i wasn't trying to be swatty because uh, it's not about that. It, it, I was just actually just getting engrossed in it, and also enjoying enjoying playing video games at the same time. <laughs> so I was able okay. to scoop out large chunks of late night with playing Fall Guys and uh, and a golf game. <laughs> And at the same time, I think I got through about half of Genesis uh, almost in one session. It was amazing. Okay,
0: and your brain was able to do that and not be completely vacant to the stories of Genesis while you were on the 18th T.
1: Uh, you know, I think so. Ride-a-car. I mean, I mean, you can ask me about it. Give me. <laughs> we're not. We're not. We're not studying for a test. Uh, but no, you feel free to ask me if <laughs> what, what I no, remember no, from uh, it. Uh, then, uh, no, no. Honestly, I think it's. It's. I think it can be really helpful to do two things at the same time. Um, for one thing, I mean, sometimes it's. Uh, sometimes, sometimes, some days it was washing up. Or um, or or just cleaning, or you know bits and bobs around the house. I think there's one of the benefits of doing that is that um, it occupies part of our minds, the part that wants to be busy and getting on with things. The part that actually, if when we sit down and try and force ourselves to read large chunks of text, distracts us from the text. Right? We, we might actually uh-huh. like try and force ourselves to study, study. Um, and then none of it really goes in um, or the other thing that happens when we study study is, is that we get bogged down in a bit and then go and you know find a rabbit hole to go off and like, occupy us for the whole evening and there's nothing wrong with that but that doesn't help us move through at pace it doesn't help us yeah. see the, see the big picture so, um, so I just tend to find that um, while I'm doing something else and I'm listening to the Bible a couple of things happen one is things stand out unexpectedly and that's a thing to watch out for at the time but also a few days later so, so things will sort of pour into your head they'll make connections somewhere in your brain that you don't see and we're never aware of but mm-hmm. a few days later the things that are interesting have made connections that have kind of then sort of hold your interest and grab your attention again a few days later and I think just that process is really good to get to go through because it kind of kind of reveals things in us of where we need to engage and where it's been valuable to engage with the bible which we wouldn't have necessarily found in a a slow study the other thing is doing things means that we're also engaging parts of our brains which just connect with life generally so if i'm tidying up the living room or or doing the washing up or something I'm th- listening to the Bible but I'm also thinking about people I'm thinking about my family I'm thinking about my neighbours and and, and and things that we're going to do and while I'm thinking about kind of both of those at the same time connections seem to get made I'm not going to pretend I'm the neuroscience expert on that but I, but I think it is different so yeah. <laughs> if, if you only hear the Bible when you're sitting in a pew and you're in church mode you know that's different I think from when you're hearing it while you're washing up and you're in family mode. Yes. So uh, so I'd like both.
0: So that that strikes me as quite similar, Ben, to what you were saying uh, in the last episode, where you were talking about moving from the idea of having one quiet time at the start of the day to having lots of quiet times through the day and just kind of integrating our yeah. spirituality and our walk with God into daily life. And in the same way, uh, even listening to the Bible as you go about cleaning the house, it, it's about c- connecting what we're thinking about and what we're reading about or listening to with daily life and with relationships that we're in. I I love that thought. That's a really, really um, helpful one. So tell us what some of the things are that um, struck you as you listen through Genesis in four days. What are some of the things, what are some of the connections that got made or some of the things that stuck?
1: Mm. So I think I'm, can never get over the awesomeness of the beginning of Genesis, like the, the scope of it, the ambition of it, the scale of here's our place in the universe, <laughs> here's our place in, on on the whole of the earth That it's bigger than us it was here before us God has always been involved and always loved it all, all those times when he looks and says that's good that's good that's good that's good you know we were born into this thing mm. um and 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 i know obviously you know we, we're gonna get into trouble if we treat the bible as a science textbook I, don't worry i, I was <laughs> i was trained as a scientist and i've i, I i've As well as reading the Bible, yeah, we've got a subscription to New Scientist, which knocks around the house, and we love, you know, finding out what people are finding going on in the world physically. All Mm. good. Um, But the idea. So the idea of you know was the world literally made in 7 days. Yeah. I don't think we have to fuss about that too much. I think the the thing that strikes me is ongoing relevant and the thing the reason why they needed the story wasn't because anyone was asking how long it took to make the world. It, they were asking who are we? Where did mm. we come from? Where do mm-hmm. we fit in? Where does what does life what does our life mean? You know, that's that, those are questions which are still absolutely vital and relevant. And and I, and I'm just I think I've just been struck the last three weeks with things that have been in the news that um, sometimes just just how often we mess things up because of our utter short-sightedness and selfishness so we can't look past our own immediate concerns and immediate interests mm-hmm. and that means uh, you know it's difficult to make the changes we need to protect the world yeah from from climate change uh, or from disease it's difficult to to acknowledge that you know not everything should be done in our own immediate short-term comfort interests Um, and yet if we only see ourselves from the perspective of how much came before us and how much is still there effectively you know when we die um Mm. It's a, it's almost impossible to look at life the same way, and, just, and sometimes some people have experienced this when they've gone up, and you know, a very small number of people have seen the planet from a distance and had what they've called spiritual experiences, um, which I would love to have one day. That sounds amazing, um, but I think you can also have that if you open up Genesis or open up your ears to Genesis and mm. just let it come in as a perspective on who we are. Uh, which is just very different from what we what what we might think about every day otherwise,
0: yeah, I love that I love that comparison with uh the view from outer space which which few have, but uh what what else Ben, as you've then trawled through other stories at pace um, mm. and gone through I guess Noah and Abraham and uh, Cain and Abel and I mean there are all these very human stories in there mm. aren't there what, mm. what else kind of stuck
1: I think I was struck this time a lot by the story of Babel and the Tower of Babel um, which is a really interesting kind of origin story of how come cultures don't get on with each other like how come we have all these different languages where where do our misunderstandings in general come from and there's this weird idea that that maybe there was a time when, or a possibility for humans to work together and do something amazing, like technically amazing, that would have even reached up to heaven or challenged the gods somehow. Um, and it's put in those weird terms. It is about gods rather than God, when you, when you look at it carefully. Um, because God starts to sort of talk him about himself in the... As us rather than me and oh. and and so yeah my my take on that is is that yeah this is a this is a clue that we're reading some mythology, we're reading a story that is uh, not necessarily things that we have to believe literally happened, but would have made sense to everyone listening at the time as fitting into a range of stories that that all cultures had of just explaining our origins and explaining um you know how things have come to be and and what i find fascinating um if you look at it from one angle it looks like god deliberately messed us all up uh, which is very uncomfortable if you take the if you take it really literally it looks like the bible the, the, that god just sort of came down to human culture and gave us all different languages so that we wouldn't be able to communicate with each other properly and then and then we wouldn't be a threat to him mm. <laughs> well that's a story that's an interesting story, but it doesn't really gel in that sense with any of the rest of the Bible. Um certainly not with anything that Jesus brings along later. Um I think it makes more sense to me to look at this as a as a story that was passed around to explain difference in general and and also kind of working backwards. You think, well, what if we did get to that point where we could work together? What if we did get to the point where we could get over our cultural differences? How much could we achieve? That's the looking at the story backwards. It's like actually humanity is capable of an incredible amount if we work together, and I mm. find that then quite an encouragement rather than a discouragement and I don't believe God really wants to um stop us from doing that i think I think everything that I'm finding that I'm learning you know walk with Jesus is about well, that's where He wants us to be going that's what that's what he's reconnecting us as a body to do. That seemed to me a good reminder of. How to, how to regard each other even though we have differences.
0: Yeah. Uh, you know, there's a book on my bookshelf uh, with a picture of the Tower of Babel on it. Mm. And it's a book by the late chief rabbi, Jonathan Sachs. And the title is The Dignity of Difference. Mm. And he's obviously uh, Jewish and he explores that story, but also exp- explores how we live in Britain today with all of the different cultures, ethnicities, faiths uh, that make up our society, and this idea of how do we live well with difference is uh, is a really fascinating one. So, um, you touched on something, Burn, when you you just said briefly there that uh, for you there are some clues in that story that pe- perhaps we're looking at uh, myth rather than historical or archaeological fact that you know. Or, What for you are some, maybe some tips or ways that you Mm. uh, think about that as you look at the different stories um, Mm. and you think about what kind of genre is being written or what the point of the story was, you know, is this a metaphor that teaches us an important lesson or is it something that uh, actually happened in human history? What are some of the ways that you go about thinking about that and deciding which stories a
1: witch. Let, first of all, let me just kind of come down from the expectation, if anyone had any uh, of of me being any kind of expert or having made a decision, even about which bits are more mythology than than literal truth. Um, partly because I think the way the Bible's written, it sort of blurs the lines on that, and 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 there's no real difficulty with that for its original audience. We have difficulty with that today because we tend to look at everything that's written down in a different in a different way. Particularly if something's appearing to be history, we want it to we want to know, well what's your evidence for this? You know, where's your archaeological proof of blah 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 or and or, or we or if something's written down as as um teaching, we want to know the logic behind it. And we we'll look mm. at things, in in the, much more in the way that the Greeks looked at literature and and, uh, and ideas more than the Hebrews did. So it's always, it's very difficult to kind of interpret what's basically a Hebrew text with a different mindset. Um, I would say as well, I recognise how how what a sensitive thing it is as well when people are, are sort of processing faith, and faith is a massive massive thing, massively important thing. And for some people I know, it is like we have different. We might have different views on whether or not the beginning of Genesis is literally true. And I, and I don't want to be disrespectful of people who um, passionately believe and it. it's important to them to read it a different way from the way I do. Um, what I would say, though, having said that, is is in in how I've processed it, I've tried to look at it through how do I think someone who heard this at the time would have heard it. Would it have yes. been important to them that this was literally true or not? And would there have been clues for them that say, nah, this is this is a, you know, this is like a, just treat this like a metaphor, like a, like a myth. Um, one of those, I think, may be the ages of people. So when you hear about people who were a thousand years old, is it critical for us to believe that people lived incredibly long lifespans? Um, I don't know. I can imagine it might have happened. I imagine lots of things might have happened. I'm just wondering that if the longer the lifespan of people you're hearing about, the more of a big sign this is that you're lis- that, that that you're listening to something which is a story with where the truth is in its meaning rather than rather than in its literal historicity, if you like. Um, the other th- the other thing I think so one one. Big clue, I think, for anyone who is like a farmer. At the time, there were a lot of people worked the land in, in in the culture. Would have heard the story of uh, Noah and his ark, which I love, but uh, you know, there's there's so many plot holes, and and the idea that all of the animals would have fitted onto a boat, I think, might have been a very clear sign to people at the time that this wasn't literally true that he was telling a story that a story was being told about uh, about a maybe an, an important historical event There definitely seemed to be some sort of um uh, flood some sort of big thing that went wrong in the environment that lots of cultures talked about but wasn't necessarily a worldwide thing wasn't necessarily the only way that humanity survived it wasn't necessarily that only Noah and his family then kind of uh interbred with themselves to make lots of other races I, I don't think anyone would have necessarily taken that too literally at the time and so i don't think we need to necessarily fuss about that either so again the truth is in the meaning and and looking at uh and then 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 i'm very interested in. Well, what are we, what can we learn from this um, in the way that we see relationships unfolding and the way we treat each other, rather than having to worry too much about whether we find archaeological evidence of a uh, of a boat somewhere. And and before I'm completely completely condemned <laughs> by this for anyone who's listening, getting getting a bit getting a bit sore about it, let me just let me just humbly humbly walk walk with me. Uh, in the direction of jesus because jesus told so many stories jesus told so many uh really good stories that everyone knew he made up the prodigal son no one's worried about whether or not there's archaeological evidence to find the actual house of the actual prodigal son we know that jesus was telling truth through a story it's perfectly biblical um it's very respectful and and of god and and what he's trying to do with us to um, to look for the truth and the meaning of that story without worrying about, was there really a prodigal son? Does that mm. make sense?
0: Yeah, absolutely, bern You've done incredibly well with a very difficult question uh, that I'm just glad you didn't ask me. Um, <laughs> uh, uh, genuinely, there's lots of helpful thoughts for us to process in there. And I think that overall impression of really the, the meaning of story and the power of story and uh you know that the the truth uh, in itself uh, it, the truth could be more about the the point and the meaning rather than the kind of historical validity um so yeah thank you for for all that you've shared there and as as i think we said in the first episode of this series you know we hope that seven is a an environment a community where people can have these conversations openly um and yeah maybe together we can kind of make progress in in our thoughts on these things
1: brilliant that sounds amazing let's do that
0: <laughs> thank you burn for all that you've shared today and thank you to all of you who are listening um join us again for another episode of this series uh, in the coming weeks